on today's episode of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, were the D-backs naughty or nice in 2023, breaking down the D-backs Christmas wish list for the rest of this offseason and heading into the regular season. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 of bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. I'm the host of this wonderful podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com to see all of my latest work. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast without you guys, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe to Locked on Diamondbacks on YouTube. But for today's show, what are we going to be discussing? Well, Christmas is right around the corner, so why not break down the D-backs Christmas wish list on today's podcast? We're going to be talking about stuff on this on their wish list for the rest of this offseason, but also stuff that I want to see the D-backs receive in 2024 in the regular season as well so this is not just an off-season wish list because the d-backs have already done a great job of old saint mike hazen has already done a great job of knocking a lot of gifts off the d-backs wish list already this winter so we'll talk about a couple more things that the d-backs need to handle this offseason that i would really like to see them add and then a couple things i want to see the d-backs do in the regular season as well so all-encompassing wish list for the next year, basically, right? Until the postseason, basically, in 2024. So let's jump right into our Christmas wish list. Uh, let me pull up my list, actually. I have the wrong notes pulled up. I have eight things that I want to see the D-backs add. The first two things are just specific to this offseason. And number one, this is something that I've talked about a lot on the podcast but the number one thing that I want to see the D-backs add or knock off their Christmas wish list this offseason, adding a DH. We've talked about it so much on this podcast. We've talked about it at nauseum at this point. But uh, we have to keep discussing it because until we get the DH, this offseason is not over. I feel like once the D-backs sign whoever the mythical DH is, I think the offseason is an A+. Plus. You could have you could put a bow on it. I still think there's probably a couple more moves that you could make to round out the offseason as a whole. But if you get the DH, to me, you could finish the offseason if you really want to. I think there's still a couple ancillary moves or or pieces you could still pick up. But in terms of big swing, big needle moves, you add a DH and the D-backs chances to go back to the World Series. Like your, your World Series roster is locked in pretty much at that point. Give me one more bat in the lineup, power, righty DH. Give me J.D. Martinez, number one option, 
already seen him in Arizona, already seen him dominate in front of D-backs fans and dominate against the NL West. We saw him this past year in the NL West for the LA Dodgers continue to dominate the National League. J.D. Martinez is an offensive machine. You get him in this lineup with the Carrolls, the Martes, the Walkers, the Suarez's, the Gurriels. Yeah, the D-backs would have one of the best lineups in Major League Baseball with a J.D. Martinez. But even if they can't add him, a Jorge Soler. Yes, Soler's a little bit of a yo-yo player when you look at a lot of his career. Um, but he's still a dude that has 35 to 50 home run potential. He's still a dude that month after month can provide major power and run producing in the middle of your lineup. He's still someone, one swing of the bat can change a ball game. Soler, I think, is a tier below J.D. Martinez. I think Martinez is probably in a tier, below, uh, a tier by himself among all these DHs. But if the D-backs did sign a Soler, still a major upgrade to this lineup. And not just Soler. I would say the same thing with the Reese Hoskins coming off the torn ACL. Potential buy low option. This is a guy that had, you know, basically a 30 home run guy like every single season until he tore his ACL. I think he could have a major bounce back with the team this year. I think he could be a pretty good buy low option as well. I don't think Reese Hoskins is going to break the bank coming off the injury. I think because of the injury, you could get him for pretty cheap. And considering the upside he has, the fact that he could play a little DH to help Christian Walker, maybe even play a little outfield if you're really desperate. If there's a lot of injuries, he could potentially do that as well, play a little corner outfield. So I think Reese Hoskins, Soler, JD would all be really good additions. A guy like Justin Turner, who the D-backs have also been linked to this offseason, He's played with the Dodgers for a long time. He knows the NOS well. He knows all these opponents in the division. Justin Turner is also someone that I would like a lot. Yes, he's 39 years old. He's basically, it's basically like bringing Evan Longoria into DH for us. But the difference is Justin Turner is still, he's still got a little bit of prime left in that toothpaste. Evan Longoria, by the time he got to the D-backs, that toothpaste was completely gone. Tube empty. Nothing left in the tank. Justin Turner still has a little bit left in the tank. Really good offensive season with the Boston Red Sox last year. So for me, the DH would just be the bow on top of this offseason. We'll talk about for my number two thing on this wish list. There's still some ancillary moves I think the D-backs could, could do this offseason. But I think bring in a DH, you could essentially say, the offseason's done. Like, if Mike Hazen signed J.D. Martinez, I wouldn't care if he sat on his hand the rest of the offseason. To me, the offseason would be essentially complete at that point. Yes, there still might be a move or two that I would like to see the D-backs make, but if you give me a DH, I, I don't care really what you do the rest of the offseason because a guy like J.D. Martinez could put the D-backs over the top from an offensive standpoint. Number two on my wish list, like I said, even if we get DH, there's still some ancillary moves that the D-backs could potentially do. That's why number two on my wish list is to still add at least one more high-leverage reliever. As it currently stands, I think we feel pretty good about the D-backs bullpen entering next year. We got Seawald. We got Ginkle. We got Ryan Thompson. We got Sal Frank. We got Mantiply. I think there's at least five dudes we like. I still don't think... We hate Kyle Nelson. I still think we want Kyle Nelson to work. Maybe one of the Bryce Jarvises or the Slake Oconis will be in the bullpen as well. But even with all that being said, 
the D-backs, because you could never have enough reliable relievers, right? And there's still a bunch of really good relievers out there on the market. A guy like Matt Moore played for three different teams, I think, in 2023, and I really don't know why, because Matt Moore was really effective this past season. He had a 2-5-6 ERA over 52 innings pitch this past year after having a 1-9-5 ERA in 2022. So the last over 100 innings pitch, he's basically got like a 2.2 ERA with double-digit strikeouts per nine, like a 1.16 whip. Like All the numbers are very good for Matt Moore over the last couple seasons. He's in his mid-30s. He has a pretty good arsenal, pretty good stuff that plays with what the D-backs want to do from a philosophy standpoint there's some other relievers out there as well I mean a guy like Andrew Chafin he's a free agent as well I don't know if the D-backs want to run it back with him because he definitely didn't live up to expectations that we had for him when he was signed by the D-backs but I mean there's probably worse options I mean maybe 2023 was just a bad year for Chafin because look at the previous few years he was a very good reliever before this past season with the D-backs and with the Brewers so maybe Chafin with the D-backs can refine himself because with the D-backs he had a 419 year array like I didn't think he was that bad with the D-backs to be honest he struggled a little bit toward the end of his tenure with the D-backs this past year but he started off I thought pretty well with the D-backs this past season didn't he like start the first month like pretty good or am I just re am I just misremembering that because I'm actually looking at his stats right now in the month of April March 261 ERA May 3.6 ERA June 235 ERA so the first 27 innings pitch he had like a 2.9 ERA or something like that 2.8 ERA like he was good the first 27 innings pitch but then he hit July and everything just went to crap for Andrew Chafin. He looked awful the second half of the season. But in the first half, he looked really good. So if the D-backs can go out there, I don't know if Chafin's the answer. I don't know if Matt Moore's the answer. But if the D-backs could go out there and add one more high-leverage reliever, we have Seawald in the ninth, Ginkle in the eighth, and then you have a myriad of arms to get you to those with the Ryan Thompsons, the South Franks, and maybe a Matt Moore, maybe a Joe Mantiply who's already in the building. Like... I think the D-backs do need at least one more high-leverage reliever before this offseason ends. I don't think you have to go out there and break the bank with a Josh Hader or something like that. But you could get a guy like Matt Moore who puts up pretty good numbers and was on three different teams the last year. Like, I think, and four teams overall the last two years. Like, I think Matt Moore would like to find himself a home and maybe the D-backs can be that destination. I want to talk about some things that I want the D-backs to cross off their Christmas wish list for the regular season in 2024. But before we get there, if you think J.D. Martinez will put the D-backs over the top in the World Series race, then why not go to FanDuel Sportsbook and place a little futures bet? Because as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. My favorite thing to do is the same game parlay. It hasn't been hitting recently, but typically I like to do Anthony Davis over on points over on rebounds and Lakers money line, but I only do the same game parlay against a 500 team or worse that the Lakers are playing. 
They've been playing a bunch of those recently, and this parlay still hasn't been hitting because the Lakers have been losing, but I think it's going to turn around in the future. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Lockdown Dynamics podcast. If you like the show, don't forget, follow me on Twitter at careerthomas 24 for my personal account or look up Lockdown Dynamics below Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. But now, let's get back into the show and discuss some more things off my Christmas wish list. Next up, now these are things I want to see the D-backs cross off in the regular season. We're done talking about the off-season Christmas wish list because these are not pieces you can acquire. These are things I want to see the D-backs do in 2024. And the first one that I want to discuss is I need to see a Geraldo Perdomo repeat season. Domo this past year was a breakout player for the D-backs. Did he put up elite numbers? No. 246 average, 712 OPS, nothing elite. But what he did was come through in the clutch repeatedly the whole season. He held it down defensively at shortstop, and he gave some of the best at-bats on the team. The D-backs want Jordan Lawler to be the shortstop of the future, but what we saw from him last year, he just not ready yet. He needs a little bit more time to develop, and he's not going to be ready to pop day one of the 2024 regular season. For a lucky, maybe second half of the year, Jordan Lawler could start, you know, maybe getting some more opportunity at shortstop. Maybe he'll start looking like the player we want him to be, but that's not the case. If Jordan Lawler needs another year of development, we're going to need Geraldo Perdomo to put up the kind of season he just had with the D-backs where he did make it to the all-star team, but I don't think he was an all-star player. But he was a valuable player to the D-backs and helped out in so many different areas, like I just said. He's led the league in sacrifice hits the last two years. This is a guy who is not afraid to move runners over, and he does it with a smile. The first half of the season, I mean, he did kind of put up all-star numbers, 271 average, 787 OPS, fell off in a big way in the second half, but if he could get us anywhere close to those first half numbers, Perdomo offensively, like that would be magical for the D-backs. It's not like they need his offense as much going into next year, you know, with the idea that the D-backs do sign a DH. Like if you have your whole lineup as it currently stands with the JD or the Solaire or whatever, then Domo is your 8-9 hitter doesn't become as necessary. He's already a luxury in the lineup. And then if you add that DH like we all want, anything Domo would give you at that point would just be straight gravy. But I do want to see him come through once again in the clutch because that's where Domo really earned his value last year. There was not a player on this D-backs team that did better in the clutch than Geraldo Perdomo. 313 average, 948 OPS with runners in scoring position. And in high leverage moments, 292 average, 823 OPS. Domo was that dude in the biggest moments last year. And if he can do it again in 2024, that would be major for their development of Jordan Lawler for the rest of his career. Number four on my list of things I want to see cross off this wish list. I need Alec Thomas or Jake McCarthy to pop offensively next year. Both those guys 
I mean, Alec Thomas was a very heralded prospect for the D-backs. Jake McCarthy, not so much, but he was a guy who was a competitive first-round pick and a dude that looked really good in 2022. But now, heading into 2024, there's still a lot of questions surrounding those two dudes. We know Alec Thomas got some speed. We know elite, elite defensive glove. But the offense, just not good enough right now. 230 average, 647 OPS last year was terrible. Absolutely terrible against lefties. Displayed little power. And despite the speed that we see from him, only nine stolen bases in 125 games. He just needs to be more dynamic offensively. What he's doing right now just isn't good enough to be an everyday center fielder. Like right now, he's just more like a Jackie Bradley type player until that bat comes around. Same with Jake McCarthy. He doesn't have the defensive glove that Alec Thomas has, but because he really does utilize his speed so much, um, it does help up make up the difference. And his slash line, literally the same as Alec Thomas's. Like, Thomas bad 230, McCarthy bad at 243, Thomas's OPS was 647, McCarthy, <coughs> excuse me, McCarthy's is 644. Like, both of them put up essentially the same slash line, but Thomas uses his glove as his main skill or asset <coughs> excuse me meanwhile jig mccarthy uses his speed as his main skill or asset but both of them are super flawed players that need to get better offensively for us to you know really see them as everyday long-term pieces because as it stands right now both of them are pretty nice utility platoon guys thomas more of an everyday player because of that glove but could you see thomas at the level he's at right now, be an everyday player for the next eight years? Probably not. If you don't improve offensively, I don't think his glove is going to save him for the next few seasons if he wants to be a dude that plays 150 games every single year. So both of those guys need to get better offensively if they want to be everyday major leaguers. Then the last thing I want to discuss in segment number two is I want to see games be over once we get to the eighth inning next year. The D-backs, the last few seasons, at least during my time during this podcast, they've been one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball at closing out games, right? You look at their ninth inning the last few years, taking out 2023, 2022, 2021, 2020, like the D-backs were absolutely atrocious at saving games in Major League Baseball. Their closing situation was always horrendous. There was no one in the back end of the bullpen that you could trust for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and it wasn't even just the ninth inning. It was even dudes in the eighth inning just trying to get you to the ninth inning where you saw a lot of struggles as well. Like in 2020, Archie Bradley was the main closer. He had a 4-2-2 ERA. He was not good for the D-backs that season. Hector Rondon was not good either. Yoan Lopez was not good either that season. You go ahead to 2021. The D-backs closer was supposed to be Joaquin Soria. He was terrible. Um, you looked at all your setup relievers that season. They were pretty bad as well. You go to 2022. The D-backs closer in 2022. Mark Melanson also just trash. The setup relievers, Caleb Smith and the Taylor Clarks of the world from 2020 to 2022, like just awful. But the D-backs now, you got Paul Seawald in the ninth. You got Kevin Ginkle in the eighth. I think for the first time in a while, the D-backs have two dudes where once you get to the eighth inning, the game 
might be over, and that's what I want to see in 2024. When the D-backs have a lead through seven innings, if whoever the starter is, they go five innings strong. Then you have Sal Frank and Thompson get you through two clean sixth and seventh innings, and the D-backs have a lead after seven. The game should 90% of the time be over. I want to see it once we get the ball to Ginkle in the eighth with at least a one-run lead. I want the stat to be like 99% of the time the D-backs win games after leading after seven innings. That's the stat I want to see for the D-backs next year because if that's the case, the D-backs are going very far next regular season. Now, I got a few more things I need to cross off my Christmas wish list for the D-backs in 2024. But did you know Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube? Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Lockdown Podcast, Lockdown Diamondbacks Podcast. Let's wrap it up with a couple more things off my D-backs Christmas wish list for the 2024 regular season. And number six on my wish list is I want to see the D-backs be top five in home runs and steals in the National League next year. The D-backs were already second in Major League Baseball in stolen bases this past year. And it's always kind of crazy when you see it because outside of, I mean, I guess really, the D-backs had, did have a bunch of dudes with pretty high steal totals. I mean, you had Corbin Carroll with the 54. I was going to say, after Corbin Carroll, it wasn't like the D-backs had a ton of steals, but they still kind of did. I mean, Corbin Carroll had 54, Jake McCarthy, 26. It just feels like the D-backs didn't have a ton of speedsters, actually, on paper. I just think the D-backs have so many smart base runners, like, Corbin Carroll's, of course, fast. Jake McCarthy's, of course, fast. But I don't think Perdomo's a blazer. He did get 16 stolen bases, though. Marte, he's not a blazer either. Eight stolen bases. Thomas is pretty quick. He had nine. But I think that could go up to, like, 15 to 20, to be honest, if he got a little bit more aggressive. Now, a guy like Christian Walker, 11. Like, how did he get 11 stolen bases? Tommy Pham had 11 for the D-backs. Uh Gabriel Moreno had six. So, like, the D-backs just have so many different dudes that could get you five to, you know, between five and 55 stolen bases, which is just such a wide range. So, I think the D-backs being top five in steals in the National League next year is pretty much a lock. But the power, not, I wouldn't really say that's a lock because the D-backs last year were 10th in the National League in total home runs as a team. And I think... Entering next year, I think the D-backs should have a way higher ceiling in terms of hitting home runs. Last year, they had four dudes with at least 25 home runs. And I'm cheating a little bit because the Lord's Gurriel had 24. So I'm just going to round that up to 25. So the D-backs had four dudes hit 25 home runs this past year. But heading into 2024, that number could go up even higher. 
We expect Christian Walker, 25, Ketel Marte, 25, Gurriel, 25, and Corbin Carroll, 25. But now you got Eugenio Suarez. That could be another 25-plus bombs. And then, like we keep saying, if the D-backs add a JD, a Soler, or Reese Hoskins, that could be another 25 home runs. So the D-backs could potentially be adding another 50 home runs to what their total was this past year, which would be absolutely massive for the Arizona Diamondbacks, considering they are already one of the fastest teams in baseball. They're all about embracing the chaos, creating havoc on the bases, being chaotic on the bases. You add another 50 home runs to what the D-backs did last year, all of a sudden you're potentially top five in the National League with the San Diego Padres and the Cardinals and the New York Mets in terms of home run power. With way more speed, the D-backs would just be such a dynamic offense with so many ways to skin a cat. I just want to see the D-backs be able to put dudes on, move them over via the stolen base, move them over via the sacrifice fly, the sacrifice hit, or have someone come up like Suarez or Walker and just crush a three-run bomb. So I think the D-backs offense next year has a chance to be absolutely dynamic. Number seven, I want to see the Gabriel Moreno breakout season. I think Moreno did a good job of giving us a taste of the level of player he can be. A nice 284 average in the regular season, 747 OPS. In the postseason, we saw him have some pretty big moments as well. His overall slash line is not the the sexiest in the postseason, but through the first two rounds of the playoffs, he did have over a thousand OPS in the championship series. He did have a 296 average. It was really in the World Series where his bat just fell off a cliff. But in the first three rounds of the postseason, he was like a 270 hitter with like a 850 900 OPS. So we know Gabriel Moreno does have offensive talent, but we need to see him tap into a little bit more power. Maybe get to 15 home runs, maybe get to 15 stolen bases. I think he could bat over 300. I need to see him get on base a little bit more. Like He needs to draw a few more walks. I think he's probably fine in terms of the strikeout department. Like He strikes out below 20% of the time. The hard contact stats are there. Like I think all the underlying numbers support you support the theory that Gabriel Moreno has another level to tap into. And I think as a team, when you have a dynamic offensive catcher, it just changes your lineup because there's just not enough lineups with elite offensive catchers. And when you have that guy, it feels like having a 10th man in your lineup at times. And we already know Moreno's probably the best defensive catcher in Major League Baseball. And the fact that he's batting 284 as a full-time player already, like first full season Major League Baseball, He's the best defensive catcher, and he could bat 284. And that's his first full season at age 22-23. So I can only imagine how he's going to be moving forward. And I hope next year could be the breakout year for Gabriel Moreno. Then the final thing that I want to talk about in segment number three to wrap up the podcast is I need to see one of the young starters pop for the D-backs next year. I think we all feel like that's Brandon Fott. So honestly, I'm not even talking about Fott really in this exercise because I think Fott showed enough in the postseason that we do think he has a chance of having himself a pretty long career for the D-backs and being at least a mid-rotation starter. I think Fott will probably be like a 4-1 ERA guy next year. I don't think he will have an elite season. Like if he has like a 3 ERA, if he looks like playoff Fott, then hey, you're that dude 
pay him the money early, maybe maybe sign him to a long contract early. I don't know what you want to do at that point. I think we'll be fine next year. I don't think he'll be great. But if the D-backs can get one more young pitcher to go along with Fott, maybe not be elite, but at least be like what Tommy Henry was this past year, I think that would be really, really helpful to this D-backs cause in 2024 because that number five spot in the rotation is up for grabs. Like I said, I think Fott, number four starter, locked in. I think he'll be like a... Like I've said, he will be between a 3.8 and a 4.2 ERA in the regular season next year. And if the D-backs can get one more young starter to put up similar numbers to fight, I think that would make a world's difference in this rotation. Whether it's Tommy Henry, whether it's Bryce Jarvis or Ryan Nelson, I don't really care. But I do want to see the D-backs see at least one more of their young starters pop so that they know that they have a you know a pretty good foundation of young pitchers moving forward they can at least keep in the rotation or you can use it as trade bait at the deadline to upgrade this team so the d-backs need one more young starter to pop because i don't think you can rely on just brandon fought you need ryan nelson tommy henry bryce jarvis slaker coney i don't care who it is but we need at least one more young starter to be good in 2024 now that's it for this edition of the now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back next week for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.